Well, good day, everybody, wherever you are joining us from around the world. You're very, very welcome in Jesus' name. The, the, the PDF notes that go along with this uh, brief audio are available on sermon.net under the title Opportunities, Protocols and Boundaries. In London Family Centre, where, where I currently pastor, our theme for this coming year, 2022, is the year of opportunity and expansion. And we believe that God is going to give us, provide us with opportunities. And we've already seen that. And, and what I want to talk about t- tonight is as we respond to those opportunities, what protocols do we need to be aware of as we respond? And what boundaries are there as I expand, as we expand as a church and as individuals, as we grow our ministries, opportunities, protocols, and boundaries are three words that really operate together. They work together. And the more we know how they interlock, the more successful we will be. I heard of a butler who had worked as a butler to the Queen of England here for something like 54 years, and he retired and they gave him a reward. And the thought that crossed my mind when I heard that was, that was one guy who understood protocol. Because I don't believe you get to work in Buckingham Palace and serve the monarch if you don't understand protocol. He knew how to dot every I and cross every T. He knew when to enter a room and when to leave it. He knew his place, definitely. He knew his position. And that led to longevity in successful service. How much more than we should know and study the protocols of responding that operate in in responding to the opportunities that God gives us. We should do this out of respect so that we can get it right. I worked in a Jewish bakery, a kosher bakery, for nearly one year, and I can assure you, (laughs) oh dear, there were some protocols in that place. You couldn't put this box there, you couldn't put that thing there, you can't stand there, you have to stand there. All day long, I was being corrected that I had to stay within the Jewish protocols that operated within the bakery. And you see these protocols uh, within Judaism. Look at the book of Leviticus. I mean, it's wall-to-wall protocols. Now, thank God we don't obey those things today. They're not applicable to us, but they are a a type. They are a foreshadow of the nature of God and the importance of walking circumspectly before God with a sensitivity. They are a type of that. And this message is kind of very important to me, very personal to me, because I did not understand uh, protocols and boundaries when I first came into ministry. I was full time, but I was, I mean, I was a bull in a china shop. I, I, I had no education on protocols and I had to kind of figure this out myself. But it cost me five years of pretty much wasted time when my ministry was somewhat dysfunctional. I think not really acceptable to God. And my relationships within ministry were also dysfunctional. But God fixed me. He put me straight. He gave me clarity. And I hope to share some of that with you. When you don't understand the protocols of the kingdom or the protocols within any given church that you may be a part of, you run the danger of losing cover. Protocols and failure to operate in them affects your cover. In the book of Genesis, right off the bat, right in the beginning of the Bible, you will see that Adam and Eve lose cover. Remember, they sinned. That's a breach of protocol. They sinned. And their covering was gone. 
And in Genesis chapter 3, verse six, verse 7, it says, The eyes of them both were opened. They realized that they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and they made coverings for themselves. But those coverings of leaves, as we know, were not acceptable. So God slaughtered an animal and God covered Adam and Eve with blood, a temporary solution. But you see that he, he reestablished some degree of cover over Adam and Eve who had breached protocol. In Genesis chapter 4, you see the, 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 the son of Adam and Eve, Cain, and he breaches protocol around offerings. Here we go again. Cain brings offerings of vegetables, but Abel brings an animal sacrifice, an acceptable offering. And the very thing it says there that Cain, God says, cursed be you. He goes out from under the cover of God. His punishment was that you will become, I will read it to you, you will be a restless wanderer on the earth. And Cain complained, my, my, my punishment is more than I can bear. But God protected him. But nonetheless, I want you to see that a breach in protocol with Adam and Eve ended up to the loss of cover. A breach of protocol with Cain ended up with him being put out of cover and he began wandering from church to church, wandering from cover to cover, seeking some home. It's a very sad picture. But it is the picture of many a minister, young and old, who still to this day fail to appreciate and respect the importance of correct cover and obeying it and having your father and the church to oversee your life. Cain and Abel both understood the protocol around offerings. They were the sons of Adam and Eve. They knew exactly what was right and wrong here. But Cain, for some reason, felt that the rules don't apply to me. He felt different. He felt special. And he felt that he could breach protocols and there'll be no implications. There should be no comeback because I'm special. I'm different. And God rejected that. God rejected the ministry of Cain and challenged him on his behavior. To this, Cain became really angry. <laughs> Why can I not just do what I want? Cain became really so angry that Cain killed his brother. And the end result, he wanders for the rest of his days. Don't wander, guys. Don't wander from city to city, from church to church, from cover to cover. Today, come under the cover of your father. Come under the cover of a proper and good church and come back into the protocols that God requires. So within LFC, we've been operating for quite some time. I think this church is 22 years old, something like that. And we have one very powerful, very strong worship leader. We have an excellent worship leader here, principally uh, a lady called Johanny. But a couple of years ago, I sat down with her and I said, how are other people going to ever be raised up? We need to, to create more opportunities for people. So she split the worship team. Instead of one, she created four worship teams. Now we've got opportunities. Now people have the opportunity to explore what areas of giftings they may have, you know, just to discover their giftings, but also to mature those giftings through further uh, opportunities and experience. At the same time, within London Family Centre, I began to open up the pulpit and we began to invite in preaching, in our Bible study, in service overseeing, a completely new batch of people, just as an experiment to see what we would find. And boy, oh boy, did we find some wonderful gifts, wonderful skills and talents uh, hidden in our church, hidden and buried really under a degree of religion there. And 
don't mean that too critically at all, not, not at all, but it was buried just in our customs. And as we've thrown those off, man, we've discovered some real jewels within ourselves. So pastors, give your people opportunity. You need to create opportunities. That's what you need to do. So myself and my worship leader, we have deliberately created opportunities in our church. I have intentionally created opportunities for our people so they can find themselves and we can find out who they are. Now, just because you're given an opportunity doesn't mean that you can just run out and do it. There are protocols associated with that opportunity. There will be limitations on it. So if your pastor gives you an inch, don't take a mile. And in our discussions last night in our Bible study here, people were talking about this. You know, they, many people say, well, I don't understand what protocols are. I don't understand how they operate. Well, it's a delegated authority. I gave one example of what a breach of protocol would look like. If, if our worship leader here, Johanny, said to someone, say, Angela, I, I've changed my mind. I want you to lead the worship to sing on Sunday. I have appointed Joe on keyboard, Stephen on drums, Yugesh on bass and Ravi on guitar. But I want you to sing. I won't be in church. So Angela says, oh, great, great. But then Angela starts to go further than just singing. She takes Stephen off drums. She moves uh, Joe onto drums. She moves Stephen onto the keyboard. Now, that's kind of a breach in protocol because the only thing you were asked to do was to sing. And I, I want you to get in your mind. <laughs> there, it's, a, it's a delegated authority and all delegated authority, it has limits. It has boundaries. And we really need to get a very, very good grip on these things. I've worked for many churches. When I worked for the Baptist church for three years, I obeyed the protocols within that church. They're very different from the protocols I obey now within what is a comparatively free church, Victory Family Center Singapore. I worked for Assemblies of God for some times. I worked with an organization called OAC for some years. All of these structures had completely different criteria or protocols of operation. And for me, it is critical for me to have a ministry that is acceptable to men, yes, at one level, but it's acceptable to God. I'm interested in a ministry that's acceptable to God. And God requires me to be humble and submissive within whichever organization I am working with. And it's not a question of right or wrong. You know, the Baptists do things their way. That's their choice. I need to just submit within the house I'm in. To, you know, Jesus said, to, or Paul, to the Jews, I became a Jew. To the Greeks, I became a Greek that I might win some. So I don't sweat the small stuff. There will be variations on a theme within these groups, but I'm going to do my work and leave them in the superstructure to make the bigger decisions. I'm just here as a, as a servant. You know, I hope you get that. The Apostle Paul said when he was going to Corinth, I think it was, he said, did I not first go to the apostles when I went to Corinth? And I think what he's saying there is I have my beliefs, but when I go into a new city, I will submit myself to the governing body. That's what I do when I travel. It's a protocol. So I go to some pastor will invite me in some city. Maybe it's a church I've never been there before. And when I stand up to preach, I always do the same thing. I thank the, the host pastor for inviting me. And I, I make a statement. I say, listen, guys, if, if, if pastor here disagrees with anything I say today or, or any of my you know, theology or philosophy, then you go with his opinion, not mine. You're under his authority. That's protocol.
That's what Paul was doing in saying, I came first under your authority. So I don't interfere with local setups and local structures. That's not my job. I, I, I will submit to them. You know, Pastor Rick Seward, I'll never forget this. Many of you know who he is. He planted probably 15,000 churches, I think it is, around the world. But he was my overseer for over 20 years. He came to visit me in Glasgow. Um, now, I, I'm way down the, the food chain here. You know, I'm just a small guy in a small city. And he came to visit our church one Sunday morning. And I remember I met him on the street outside and I said, you know, I'm, I'm honored. I'm favored that you've come to visit us. But I remember his genuine disposition of heart. He put his bag down on the street and he looked at me and he said, what would you like me to do today? I, I can function in any area of ministry or I can just sit in the congregation. And he was totally genuine. Do you want me to do ushering on the door and greet people just to say hello? Would you like me to do teas and coffees or shall I just sit down? And, and I said, actually, Pastor Rick, you don't need to do anything. You can just go in and sit down. He said, oh, great. Thank you very much. <laughs> and he quite enjoyed his day off, you know. But I really love the genuine disposition of I, I, I'm here to. He was absolutely maximizing protocol. I believe with this attitude of humility, God is well pleased. One of our pastors here, Pastor David Bereverson, last night was saying, when the relationship is right, it's so much easier. And that is such a truth. My relationship with Rick was strong. It was We had trust with one another. And so there was no need for the nitty gritty hammering out of fine detail, although there may be a stage in our development at which that is necessary. It certainly wasn't necessary for us, thank God, at that stage. So I would say there are many protocols that need explaining because they can be complex. They can be multi-layered and part of a structure that can kind of be a bit mind-blowing sometimes. I understand that there are many uh, protocols that need explaining in full. However, there are many others that don't. And, and when people breach protocols that don't need explaining, that kind of, that kind of bothers me. Like I, I said to, to one of our members here last night, her, her daughter is 19, for example, and they live in the same house, herself and her mother. And said, if you came home and your daughter was not there and you rang her phone and she said, well, I've moved to Birmingham. You know, Hello? <laughs> well, she said, well, I, you, you didn't tell me that I had to tell you if I was going to move to Birmingham. So I just did it. No, 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 no. Something's wrong there, right? Something's wrong there. Just there, 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 there's some things that don't need stating. Some things that don't need stating. And I find it very incredulous when people behave in ways that are wrong socially, never mind morally, never mind theologically, and say, well, I didn't understand. I don't really get that at all. I, I don't believe it. So, yes, there are protocols that we need to understand and be educated on because it's a complex system. But there are many just normal good manners things that we should operate in every single day. Talk to the pastor. I tell you, I do a lot of work in relationships, in marriages and stuff like that. And when, and I've had this a few times. In fact, I had it just recently. <laughs> when someone comes to a church, I say a guy, and he wants to marry one of the girls in the church, and I've had this, as I say, not long ago. And the guy sends a message. I want to marry this girl, but I don't want to talk to Pastor Mike. <laughs> now, here we have a breach in protocol. Why would you not want to talk to me? 
Why would you, what father, if you get a message saying this man wants to marry your daughter, but he doesn't want to meet you or talk to you, what father is going to say yes to that? There is something seriously wrong with that man. Don't you agree for your daughter? Well, let me do my job with the churches then. So if someone's going to mess around in church protocol, equally, I have my suspicions about them. Anybody with a clean heart and pure intention will always speak to the pastor. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. They will speak to the pastor and therein you find security. Um, it's, it's, it's a healthy boundary. Opportunities this year God's going to give you. As you respond to them, you're going to have to make yourself aware or maybe you're already aware of certain protocols. Educate yourself in those. Get some training. We're going to do some of that with some of our church planting pastors now. And then the last of these hurdles, which concerns expansion, there are boundaries related to, 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 to those opportunities. There's certain boundaries. If your pastor gives you an inch, don't take a mile. Remain within the remit, you know, that you are given. So when I say boundaries, what do I mean? Well, there will be an extent to the decision-making capability, capacity of any leader. I have decision-making capacity entrusted to me. I'm a regional missions director for a very large church, but that doesn't mean I can do anything I want. There is a limitation and I understand my limitations and having been with them for a couple of decades, they know if there's a breach in protocol, they, they, they know he's made a mistake. He didn't know because they know me well enough now to know that I don't do that. It's not my nature. Another thing you often get, people play games with you. They, they offer you a, a fait accompli, you know. This comes with people who feel that they're not going to get their own way. They think that you're not going to say yes to painting the wall pink, you know. So what do they do? They paint the wall pink and then they give you a call. Pastor, I painted the wall pink. I thought you'd be delighted. They knew I wouldn't be delighted. But fair company is a, is, a, is, a, is a very common tactic with control freaks. And you can't have that. That's breach of protocol. That's, that, that's pushing up. That's crossing a boundary. And when you cross a boundary, you can get pretty badly eaten up by lions over that boundary. There's financial boundaries. You can't just do whatever you want with your finances as a church. We're a charity. We're under the law and you have to comply with that law. That's a boundary. And some people just in their nature don't like restrictions. Well, I'm sorry, folks. Christianity is full of restrictions. It's full of restrictions. A pastor's job is policing, and I say that as politely as possible, but that's what a shepherd does. A shepherd builds a fence to protect the sheep and to keep the bad boys out. That's what shepherds do. So embrace boundaries and understand that they are there for your benefit and for your protection. Embrace them. There will be certain operational limitations and restrictions, especially if you're operating within a larger network. Now, I, I, I work for a very, very large church, which is in over 100 nations, 109 nations, I think, with thousands of staff all over the world. That's a blessing, but it also means that there are certain operational policies that take, they're just a pain in the neck. They really are. Uh, it can take me forever to get one small decision made because the machinery. And, and I, I've seen many people walk away from Victory Family Center because they say there's just too much bureaucracy. But when I see them walk away and I see what they go to, I stay. I stay. <laughs> I stay because I realize uh, you need to be careful of the bird in hand here, you know. 
the, the bird that I've got in my hand is, is precious and it's a blessing. And the church can be, do you know what the church, excuse my, my, my phraseology here, the church sometimes can be a pain in the neck, having to fill out 10 forms to get one small decision made. But the church for me, the church for Jesus was a cross. He had to pass a lot of protocol to bring the blood into the Father. He had to dot a lot of I's and cross a lot of T's to carry that cross so that the law was fulfilled. That's what he's doing. He's fulfilling heavenly protocol. It was very painful. It was very painful. He didn't breach the boundaries. He did not sin. He didn't breach the protocol. He went straight on a highway of holiness. He knew the the great prize at the end was the bride of Christ. And I have from time to time just reminded myself of that. When I think that, oh, these protocols are a pain in the neck, well, I'm not carrying a cross in that sense, am I? These boundaries are restricting me? No. These boundaries are given to me by a loving father who's giving me a good book and good leaders who know how to keep me safe. And by the way, another point made by David last night, which is a very good point. We should limit the protocols. Absolutely, we should limit the protocols so that they don't become encumbering to especially young, enthusiastic men. There is nothing in me that wants to impose protocols unnecessarily or gratuitously. Absolutely nothing. But like a child with a bike, I will put stabilizers on the bike because I need to protect you because you don't know how to ride that bike yet. As soon as I see you stable, I will rip those things off because now they are no longer helpful to you. They're a hindrance to you. So as we go forward in 2022 and beyond, take the opportunities. But my sincere uh, admonition, advice and counsel to you is as you do, respect all protocols within London Family Centre, Victory Family Centre or whatever church you're in. When, you know, with the Jews be a Jew, with the Greeks be a Greek, uh, respect the house you're in and be conscious that it's not a carte blanche. You can't just go and do anything. There will be boundaries attached at any level and every level of ministry. May the Lord bless you. Feel free to uh, email me or question me on anything on this issue. We will continue further studies on this in months to come. God bless you. Bye.